The content presented in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It does not constitute financial advice, and listeners are encouraged to consult with qualified financial professionals before making any investment decisions. The views expressed on the show are that of the guests and the host and may not be the same views of LaSalle Street Securities or LaSalle Street Investment Advisors. Welcome to Investing with Integrity, the podcast dedicated to BRI, Biblically Responsible Investing. In each episode, we delve into the world of BRI, where we prioritize values over just financial gains. We believe true wealth encompasses the well-being of individuals, communities, and the world. Join us as we chat with industry experts, advisors, pastors, and more, sharing insights into BRI's core principles. We'll explore how companies are evaluated for ethical inclusion, ethical industries, and the impact of shareholder activism. Of course, BRI has its challenges and will openly address them, offering tips on how to navigate these challenges while staying true to your values. Our goal is to empower you with resources to make informed, value-aligned investment decisions. If you want a portfolio that aligns your financial and moral goals, Investing with Integrity is your podcast. Let's discover how wisdom, principles, morals, and integrity can shape a purposeful approach to investing. Join us in exploring how faith-based values and finance can coexist harmoniously. So get ready for this transformative journey where we prioritize wisdom over worth, principles over profit, morals over money, and integrity over it all. This is the Investing with Integrity podcast. My name is Jeff Tellerico. I am your host. Today's episode is actually the second half of our interview with Jason Meyer of Eventide Asset Management. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and let us know if you have any comments. We'd love to hear from you. Let's shift gears again. Tell us a little bit about the Kirby Lang Center. Oh, yeah. It's a place that I, I really love. So yeah, in my bio... Uh, Jeff mentioned that I am involved in this group called the Kirby Lang Center for Public Theology that's based in Cambridge in the UK. And it, what I like about it, so let me just explain what public theology is. So so public theology, it sounds, it sounds like very foreign to us. It really is, it, it has to do with how our faith is meant to affect our lives outside of the church. Okay, so out in culture, out in the world. And, and it, it is concerned with the question of how now shall we live? So after we have understood God's plan of salvation and we've repented and believed and we're sharing our faith with others, there's still large parts of our life where, where we're not doing that. We're not in church. We're not sharing our faith. We're, 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 we're working in our job. We are, we are, out in out in our uh, the town that we live in or the city, we're spending time with our neighbors. There's there's huge parts of our life that are spent outside the walls of the church, right? And so how how is that stuff out in out in the public? How can we be a Christian there? How can we how can we bring our faith out into the world outside of the church and actually uh, be signs of God's kingdom, imaging Him there? declaring his uh god's god's kingship how can we be christians like out in the public realm and so this is this is this is really really uh important stuff um because it it, it basically recognizes that that jesus is king not not only over the church but over the whole world right and eventually 
eventually uh, that will be made manifest. But right now he is presently the king over Wall Street and over finance. He's the unacknowledged king, but he is the real king. And so what he's, he's called us to do is to announce his kingship um, and to display it. And so what the Kirby Lang Center does is they essentially um, work with, uh, it, it, there's a lot of research that's produced, but they work with a lot of believers that operate out in culture and they help equip those believers for faithful service of Christ in each of those different facets of culture. So I'm in an investing group or a capital stewardship group with a number of, of others, and we're trying to work out what God's purposes are for capital stewardship and how we can participate in God's mission to recover all things and to, and to renew all things in the area of investing in capital stewardship. So that's, that's kind of a group where we try to wrestle with some of the, the big questions that face us as believers in investing. We try to make sense of, of, you know, new developments within investing and how we should process those as Christians and how we should engage with them. And so it's a really important group for, uh, for me and for, for those of us that are a part of it to, to help us help equip us for that full-time service of Christ out in the world. That's cool. So it, it sounds to me a lot like what systematic theology is, you know, where everyone's a theologian, whether we want to believe it or not, we have our own theologies and what you're doing now with your work at the Kirby Lang Center is just bringing it into, in your special section of it, you're bringing it into the marketplace. And what, what are we doing? This is what I hear you saying. What are we doing to promote Jesus as King and everything we touch? That's right. Cool. Yep. cool. So a, a little bit more about Eventide. Why don't you tell a little backstory? Um, I know it, but not everybody in the audience does. Yeah. How, how you and Finney and Robin all kind of got together and, and did this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a cool story. So um, one of the founders of, of Eventide is, is a man named Finney Caravella. Um, he's a few years older than me. And um, Finney, way back in the day, uh, if you go back to his college days, he was, he was in school. So he was, he was uh, pursuing um, a couple of advanced degrees at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And he was getting his MD and his PhD. So he was on a medical path and, uh, and, uh, and a biotech path. And so he was in school getting his, getting his education. And when he got into school, um, he was receiving a stipend from the school to support his living while he was a student. And at the time, it was about $10,000. And that's, that's not a lot of money to maybe to, to just thinking today, but it, it was a lot for a student, especially in that day. And he was single and he, you know, he didn't really have any, uh, any big expenses. And so he was actually saving money while going to school. And his mom, uh, Finney's mom was, uh, she was a financially savvy person. She had worked in, uh, in Bank of America for many years. And she told, she told Finney, if any, if you really don't need this money, you ought to, you ought to save it. You ought to invest it because, hey, you may be able to uh, save up for a down payment on a house one day. You may, you could get a head start. So he thought that sounded good. And so he did what 
investors do. He starts looking at investments and he was, he was looking at various mutual fund investments. Mutual funds were at that time the main way that people invested. And still to this day, it's, it's one of the, the, the dominant investment vehicles for saving for the future. So he's looking at mutual funds and he's downloading all of the, the literature and the paperwork from the websites and printing it out and reading it. And there's, there's something called a fact sheet that comes with a mutual fund. It's where they, there's lots of charts and stuff, but they also give you, there's a section called the top holdings. And they usually display the top 10 companies that this mutual fund uh, owns that you will own if you're an investor. And he's scanning the names of these top 10 companies. And he's like, I recognize some of these companies and I know what they do. Uh, for example, the big tobacco, big tobacco companies. And he's, he's saying like, oh man, if I invest in this mutual fund, I'm going to be investing in cigarettes and profiting from cigarettes. And he's in, keep in mind, he's in, he's going to medical school, right? And so he's well aware of the fact that, that tobacco use is responsible for about a hundred million deaths, uh, over the last 100 years, hundred million deaths. And he's thinking like, can I, as a Christian participate in this? And he, he was seeing other, other examples. You know, we mentioned uh, pornography, uh, tobacco, gambling, alcohol, and, and involvement in abortion as well. Th these types of things were on his mind. And he's saying, I know I, I, I can't do this. I can't bring myself to invest in these mutual funds. So then he sort of had a dilemma because he simultaneously wanted to invest while being unable to invest convictionally in everything that he was finding that's out there. Virtually all mutual funds um, have exposure to these elements, which is which is kind of shocking. And so he, what, he was a little bit unsure what he was gonna do. Well, his roommate at the time was pursuing an advanced degree in economics. And he said, well, Finney, you're a bright guy. You could learn to invest yourself. You don't need to use these, these investment funds. And so he loaned Finney a couple of books. One of them was a Peter Lynch book, who's a famous investor. And it really, it really uh, ignited an investing appetite with, with Finney. Peter Lynch, his philosophy is to buy what you know or to invest in things that you already know about. And so Finney is getting a degree headed in, into medicine. And so he's starting to, to know the landscape of healthcare and biotech. And he's saying, you know what? I don't understand a lot of companies and industries that are out there, but I do understand this healthcare space. What if I started there and invested in some of these companies that I already know have a good reputation and, and legitimate science behind them and things like this? So he started there and, and gradually worked his way out into other industries. And as the years went by, he realized that, that he could pick companies that that would help him to grow his money. But at the same time, he's honoring his commitment above all to God in how he uses his money. So the years go by and um, this is at this point, this is where I intersect with the story and, and others. Um, and we were at this, at this point, fast forwarding uh, many years, we were basically trying to figure out a business idea uh, together and to work together on something that would honor God. And we considered lots of different things, but Finney brought up what he had been doing with investing and shared that whole story. And it was like, I had never thought about that before. I had never thought about um, a different way of investing where the companies you investing, invest in are actually in alignment with your faith. And it was just brilliant. He just basically said, do you think other Christians would have an interest in this or other investors even who are, who are conscientious? 
And we're like, of course, this is a brilliant idea. The world needs more options than this. And at the time, there was there was there were fewer options for the believer. I think I think when we got started, there was you know Timothy Plan, and uh, there's a, f- a few others that existed. There was a few Catholic based funds, but not much. Certainly, room in the marketplace for more options. And so Eventide was really born out of that. So it was just it was born out of this this history with Finney, but also just this desire to help Christians invest their money to honor God and to grow that money at the same time. That it's an, it's awesome, an awesome story. story. And, and I hope to someday have Robin and Finney both on the show because yeah. I think that their their contribution to society is just phenomenal. And yep. they're really they're really good people. So hopefully yeah. this uh uh, we'll be going up to the Kingdom Advisors Conference here in, in another uh, couple of weeks and hope to talk to them there and see if I can yeah. get them on the schedule. So l- let me ask you this. we This podcast, I, I came up with a tagline, and it's wisdom over worth, principles over profit, uh, morals over money, and integrity over it all. And when that resonated with me, I kind of asked this question of all the guests, does it hit with you? Am I missing something? Or is that pretty spot on with where we need to be with our finances? I like it. Yeah, I like it. I don't have any uh, any uh, suggested edits. Yeah, it, it, I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier around around performance. Um, I, I'm a big fan of trying to to generate uh, attractive financial returns. I view wealth creation as actually a gift from God. Deuteronomy chapter eight. Um, I, I think there's nothing wrong with profit per per se. It's just it's just it should be subordinated to to more important goals, right? So profits should really flow from businesses that are operating in harmony with God's ways. So if you take away that the the moral evaluation there, and you just are trying to maximize profits, which can come from either injustice or or righteousness, then then there's a problem. So I think you've got it right. You've you, you've put the the things over top. Uh, so, so, you know, wisdom over wealth, wisdom would encompass, um, not only success in life, but righteousness, pleasing God. Um, whereas wealth of course can, can, can go either good or bad. So I like it. I'm a fan. I'd say keep with it. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) A couple last questions. You get to live out your faith at work every day. What would you say to someone out there who, who doesn't, how, how, do, how would you recommend they go about being able to do that and not have a fear? Yeah, well, well, I would say every Christian is called to live out their faith at work. I mean, I, I happen to my job right now gives me the freedom to basically teach Christian principles. Um, not everybody's, of course, going to have that. But but living out your faith at work, it it's not just about... Um, being an honest person or smiling a lot and being pleasant or not cheating on your expense reports uh, or, you know, having integrity there or sh- even sharing your faith at work or conducting Bible studies there, or praying for coworkers. All of those are, of course, fine and even good things, but it has to do with the very work you do and, and what you're contributing to. Um, I, I, and, and, Every, you know, our work is is a part of our Christian life. It is not a separate. It's, it's we don't we don't uh, check out of of being a Christian uh, Monday through Friday. And so it is the call on every believer. You know, one uh, 
so Craig Bartholomew, he's a favorite theologian of mine. He's over the Kirby Lang Center for Public Theology. He points out this very unhelpful notion that we have within the church of full-time ministry. Uh, so we, we tend to think about pastors and missionaries as being as being in full-time ministry. And he, he likes to, to, to point out that the word ministry, it simply means service. So, so you ask the question, who is in full-time service of God? It is not just the pastor or the missionary. It is all believers. And I love the way he puts it. He says, in the kingdom of God, there are no openings for part-time servants. There are only full-time servants. And the question is, 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 is really only where are you called to serve and how are you called to serve? And the role of the pastor and the missionary are, are valid and noble callings, as well as being a financial advisor, uh, working at an asset manager, working at a technology company as a software developer, um, working in a landscape company, either as a, as a laborer or a designer, um, working as an educator within the you know, primary education or, or in scholarship and advanced degrees, my brother is an artist. They're, they're, all of these, all of these are can be callings or vocations of God. Um, so, so the idea is that God has called us all to Himself, and He has also called us to serve Him in the world. And and that that can that can be really anywhere in God's good creation, um, uh, provided that the work itself is is good work right so we need to be asking questions of you know what are the company that i'm working for what are the products how do they operate you know the same the same very same question questions we asked about uh earlier and to understand that that uh, what we're contributing to the the real things that we're doing in our work um should be should be opportunities to to display um god's redemption and to display the fact that he's recovering every part of his good world so I, I know it takes a while to kind of get your mind around that as a believer, but I would just encourage anyone who's listening, um, you don't have to work at uh, a center that teaches the Bible to, to, to be a pleasing Christian in God's, God's eyes in the workplace. Uh, God, I think, loves our creaturely life, the world that he, that he made. And I think that when, when we do things uh, cultivating his world um, that that are aligned with his design, I think he rejoices in those things. And so, yeah. Anyway, you can all you can all um, be full time servants of Christ in, in what you're doing in work. Right. You got time for two more quick questions? I do. Yeah, sure. All right. First one's going to be: Is where do you see? It's actually a two part question. So, where do you see the industry in the next five to ten years? And how would you like to see your work at the Center for Faith and Investing be incorporated into that? Yeah. Oof, boy. Um, I, I'm not so picky on part two as far as how our work plays into that. I hope that God will use it, but I'm, I, I'm okay if he doesn't. Uh, where I would love, I, I'd say where I would love to see the industry in five to 10 years, I would love to see, I would love to see many more Christians bring their faith into the way that they invest. It is a vanishingly small number of Christians that are that are presently doing this. Uh, at the center, we've we've run some calculations on this, and if you look at the percentage 
of Christian investment dollars that are going to some kind of Christian-shaped investment approach. So biblically responsible investing or, or a similar approach. What percentage of Christian investment dollars are going to one of those strategies? Uh, we, we calculated that and we, we found that it was 0.2%, um, 0.2%. So that means of the investment dollars that Christians are already investing, only 0.2% is going to some sort of an investment vehicle that is explicitly being shaped by Christian conviction. That is, that is shameful, honestly, in my, in my opinion. And I want to see that change. I, I think that, I think that the number should be 100%, honestly. And, and I would love to see that happen in five or 10 years. I don't think that it will, but may God's, power be poured out in this space and, and to see that accomplished. I hope that I can contribute uh, toward that end and helping Christians um, become awakened to, to uh, the need here. Um, it, is, it is a huge, huge opportunity. And I know, Jeff, it's probably the case that if you're like me, it can be very discouraging at times because you feel like sometimes you're, you're carrying a message um, and there, there aren't really people responding to it to the extent that maybe you would like. So, so I would say, I would say um, we have to, to persevere here and to not, not be discouraged and, and to understand that, that, you know, the way that the Christian operates when it seems, seems like there's a, these, uh, a lot of difficulty ahead or when, it, when there's such a small level of, of present success, we, we have to remember what, what, what at the end of the story is, right? So, the church has described this as uh, Christus Victor. So Jesus triumphs. The end of the, the end of the story is that history is going one way. And to the extent that investing will be a part of the age to come, which I, I actually think it will be, um, it will be Christian shaped investing. It will be God honoring investing. And, and so we can be assured that that is the end of the story and that we are playing a part in, in, that, in that intervening time between where it is now, 0.2%, and where it will one day be, where it will be uh, thoroughly pervaded by the glory of God. And so, so in five to 10 years, I don't know, but I just pray for, for God's power and his, his, uh, his blessing there. And um, I just want to say uh, thank you to you, Jeff, for your part that you play in working with clients and helping, uh, and then on things like this podcast to make it known to others. Um, it is, it is a service it is a ministry. It is a service to God and to the world. So I just appreciate it. And I don't, I don't know if you remember, or, or if I even told you, you know, I also pastor a church. We launched, That's right. we're actually That's celebrating right. our three year anniversary here real soon. And I've forgotten that, get, but now you I say it. The I discouragement. Yeah. I yeah. get the discouragement side because sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll have an influx of people and then they dwindle away, but then we get another one. And same thing with our, with the business here. It's, it's, I have, I'm fortunate that I even have non-believing clients that are in the portfolios I manage because they do, they see my conviction for this. That's part of the reason I started the podcast is more people need to understand what it truly is. And what I try to explain to clients is, is if publicly traded companies would just take no stand at all, don't pick a side. It'd be a lot better for everybody, but unfortunately some of them do. now. With the way Eventide does it, which I absolutely, again, love, you look at, at the goods and services. So we take it even a little deeper, even if it isn't something that's controversial out there. And, and that's, that's a needed thing. 
because some people don't even do that. So, all right, last question. If there were three people, dead or alive, that you could have a conversation with, who'd they be and why? Oh, man. Three? Give me your top three. No. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, this this changes over time, right? So I'm sure going to... Um, yeah, so... And I'm going to just go ahead and not take the easy route and say, like, Jesus or, or like... I'm, I'm going to choose a, not a Bible figure, but I'm just going to choose somebody from... from, from uh, okay. Uh, history after that. I'm just going to give you one. I don't know if I can come up with three. I don't really. I That's don't really, fine. Yeah. So, so one, one that I would be interested to, to converse with. I've been, I've been very lately. I've been spending a lot of time um, learning about um, the, the, the Dutch reformers. Okay. So, so this is, this is uh, a group of Christians, Dutch Christians, who are in the reformed tradition they're sometimes called the neo-calvinists but the the, the reason the, the figure there there's a couple of actually a couple of figures i would talk to there i mean i can give you three from there so so abraham kuyper uh herman bovink um and uh uh and herman doyveard so so all of these all of these dutch christians what i what i like about them is is you know some if I say neo-Calvinists or Reformed, you're probably thinking about John Calvin and things about Reformed salvation theology, which is like you know predestination and things like this. Is the mechanics of how God saves us? I, I never really was that excited to study that stuff. What I like about the the, the Dutch reformers is that they're not really speaking so much about the mechanics of how God saves us, but they're really focused on how do we live as Christians out in the world? They were really responsible for developing a lot of this public theology that I talked about earlier uh, that we do in places like the Kirby Lang Center. They're very interested in, in what are God's plans for the world and how, we can, how can we participate in those plans out in, in culture and to basically not assign that to the world, but to declare it for God and to reclaim it for God. And so I've been reading a lot of those, those folks lately, and it's been, been very uh, spiritually enlightening and, and reinvigorating. And so, so I would love to sit down with them and ask them my questions. I got lots. Um, so those would be, those would be the ones I'd go with. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Jason, for, for being able to be here with me today. I know your time is very valuable and I really appreciate it. Uh, you have been an incredible guest. You've done everything that I actually thought you would do explaining a little bit more. Let me, uh, one, one thing is, is there a public facing side to the um, investment for faith center? Yes, absolutely. That's just... glad you mentioned that. Um, so, so we are, uh, so anyone who's listening that has any interest in what we talked about today uh, can go check us out at, we're at a very simple web website address. It is faith and investing.com and, and is spelled out faith and investing.com. And, uh, you know, just to uh, make sure I'll put I, that I, I talked about notes. how small the movement is. Yeah, I, uh, I talked about how small the movement is. It's so small that I was able to get faith in investing for like 10 bucks as a domain. You know, it's like it just there's not much going on here. But faith We've got a lot of articles and resources there. Later this year, we will, we're actually hoping to have uh, an investment course that we offer to individual investors. So uh, Jeff has taken our course for financial Christian financial advisors but we hope to have uh, a course available to just Christian individual investors later in the year. 
and you can actually sign up to be notified when that's available. So go check it out, faithininvesting.com. Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks again for your time and I will see you uh, in a little while. Yes, my pleasure. God bless my friend. Jeff. Take care. All right, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Investing with Integrity podcast with your host, Jeff Tellerico. Tune in on the first and third Wednesdays of every month to hear from other advisors, industry experts, pastors, and more as we discuss biblical thoughts about money and investing. If you have questions about the show or want to find out more about BRI, send an email to jefft at lasallest.com. Remember, this journey is all about putting wisdom over worth, principles over profit, morals over money, and integrity over it all. God bless.